Hi, everybody. This is Nancy Miller for My Creative Life, the podcast about creatives, how and why they make the work that they do. Today, my special guest is the lovely Lisa Lowstoffer. Um, I have had the pleasure of getting to know Lisa from being a member of the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. She's the co regional advisor for the Southern Breeze. She's also an accomplished writer herself, written for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the Miami Herald, and she is the author of the book, Two by Two, that was published by Zonder Kids. Hi, Lisa, how are you doing today? I'm great, how are you? Thanks for having me on. Oh, no, you're just so nice, and you're just so, like, willing to hold my hand. I feel like I'm constantly peppering you with questions, and um, you're... Your, your demeanor is always patient and understanding in the email. So I, I really appreciate it. I feel like I ask a lot of silly questions. So thank you. There are no silly questions in KidLit. And if there are silly questions, I'll just laugh and answer them anyway. So not a problem. But um, I, um, for those who are listening, Lisa has kindly offered to actually read her book to us. I, this is amazing. I get a story time too on top of it all. So I would love to hear it. Yeah, let me, I'll, I'll start um, by reading my book Two by Two. It is a board book, which is designed for chewing, basically. That's what oh. I tell people. I wrote a book for kids to chew on. But I hear that not only do toddlers enjoy this book because of the art, the beautiful art by Angelica Scudamore, who is an artist out of England that the publisher put, put into this book that put us together. Um, toddlers love it for the art. And then four, five, six-year-olds love it for the wordplay and some of the big words that they get to know through this book. And it's, of course, it's silly fun. Two by two. The, the pitch for this is the monkeys take over Noah's Ark. So this is where we're going. Two by two, board the boat, shut the door, time to float. Rains all night, rains all day, monkeys bored want to play. Scamper to the rafters, swing on chimp trapeze, howler monkey cannonball, monkeys juggle keys. Shimmy under hippos, keep away from who? Unlock cages, open doors, monkeys free the zoo. Anaconda limbo, tigers race in pairs, ring toss on the caribou, pin the tail on bears. Tangle up coyotes, armadillos flee, tie the cobras up in bows, monkeys on a spree. Peacock struts his feathers, monkeys stop, delayed. March across the ark again, monkeys on parade. Buffaloes play bebop, penguins dance around, kookaburras keep the beat, rock the ark with sound. Noah flings the door out wide. Whoops, I missed a page. Rock the ark with sound. Noah blows his whistle when monkeys tease the bees. The dove returns just in time. Land ahoy with trees. Noah flings the door out wide. Tall and small zoom past. All except the monkeys tuckered out at last. That is adorable, Lisa. And I love the rhythm. Oh my gosh, it's so cute. Thank you. So it's only about 150 words in total. And um, that's about the right length for a board book, you know, for our youngest listeners. Wow. Well, I know that it took you a while to get there because I was reading on your website and you have a lovely blog. I say it's very informative. And um, 
I, w- I was reading over some of the articles, but you mentioned in uh, your about page that you had taken a workshop and, um, you know, I'm sure your your passion of writing has always been there, but um, can you talk a little bit about that that moment when you took that workshop and then you had this idea for this story that became a book that you just read to us? So the... The workshop was a um, a CBWI Southern Breeze poetry retreat in Dahlonega. It was organized by a volunteer who is also a poet named Robin Hood Black. Um, She's still a member of our region, even though she's moved out of the region. Hi, Robin. Um, And she brought in renowned poet Rebecca Kai Dotlick to be the instructor. We got to spend the whole weekend with her. I went to this conference because... I had to go back to work full time shortly before that. And I promised myself that I would go to whatever I could to just to keep my head in the game. I knew I hadn't working full time after a gap of 19 years. I had no time or energy to do the novels writing that I had been doing. And so when I went to this weekend and I reconnected with some people I had met and Rebecca walked us through different types of poetry and encouraged us to play. Nothing was wrong. Nothing was bad. Everything we did, she found a way to make it a little better. Just a very lovely, encouraging weekend. And I fell in love with with writing poetry. And that kind of has led me into picture books. And that's where my heart is today is in picture books. I am no longer working on novels. Wow. Because it's really hard what you do. <laughs> I've tried uh, doing those those poetic and with all of the things that you're doing to make the the rhythm and the rhyme and all that. It's it's delightful. I mean, that's so hard. I mean, so your writing and your passion for this, um, I'm sure, started much earlier. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I was a very shy child growing up in the suburbs of Chattanooga, but um, we had a bookmobile and I, have, I had, had a library at the school and I read, 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 loved reading. My parents were both teachers and um, my mother in particular was also a big reader. So that was helpful too. Secretly in my little 12 year old heart, I thought writing books was like this lofty thing that you had to be a very special person to do. And so one day um, I was with my grandmother and one of the things my grandmother liked to do was read palms. She had gotten a book on palm reading when she was a young woman and that was kind of her icebreaker when she met new people or at a party or something, she would read your palm. She told me later she just made up stuff. But, you know, of course, when I'm 12, I think, oh, she's (laughs) reading my palm. And she said something in my palm said to her that I might even write a book one day and my little 12 year year old heart exploded like oh my I am going to write a book someday I'm so excited so then the question became as I grew up what kind of book did I want to write um well I got to college and I loved I was I was a good pretty good writer you know I I um Tested out of grammar in high school, for instance. I was okay, you know, grammar, spelling, punctuation, was pretty good with that. And I got to college and my parents, ever practical, said, major in something where you can get a job. So I majored in communications 
specifically print journalism. And then I went on to graduate school and got a degree in international business and went to work in marketing and marketing research. So it was all writing oriented. It just wasn't the creative writing that my little 12-year-old author heart wanted to do. But I enjoyed that kind of writing and I like the I like the idea of creativity within the boundaries. You know, um, a, a newspaper article or a blog post or a newsletter has a certain boundary to it and you have to find the words to fit within that boundary, both the word length, the type of words, and to convey the um, story that you want to convey, even if it's a story about paving fabric, which I did marketing for for a while. Um, Okay, so I lost my train of thought there. How did I come to writing? Um, what kind of book? There we go. I made us. I made in these years, you know, in my twenties, I made a stab at writing some books for adults, and I'd lose interest really fast. You know, I'd, I'd write a chapter or two, and then, you know, I'd rather go out and play than than keep working on it. But when I had my first child, and we started buying her picture books, and then I discovered the American Girl books and read those, like got every single one of them from the library and read them all, even though my baby was only like six months old. Um, she wasn't interested in them yet. I thought this, this is my 12 year old reemerged. This is the kind of book I wanna write. I wanna write these novels like American Girl novels. I went on to write seven novels. Um, I submitted all of them somewhere, some multiple places. I even had an agent submitting a couple of them at one point and they just didn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Turns out I'm a very mediocre novel writer and I'm okay with that. I understand why I'm a mediocre novel writer. It was this poetry workshop that convinced me that I could try picture books. And I took all that heart and all those skills that I had worked on with my novels over the years and put them into that short, short picture book format now. Wow, that's amazing. And you're so persistent to, you know, keep at it. And when you were doing that workshop and you mentioned on your website that this idea for two uh, by two came about, how did you know that was the one that you were going to put, all, you know, the time and the, you know, the love into and the your craft? I did not know it was the one. Frankly, I thought it was probably crap. Oh, <laughs> and I, um, because it's so weird, it starts out with one meter, two by two, board the boat, dun, 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 dun. And then it switches. Um, Anaconda limbo, we've got this other more free flowing meter going, and that is supposedly, quote unquote, not allowed in children's poetry. So I thought, well, this is just silly, but. I'm going to send it to the Southern Breeze Annual Writing Contest anyway. And it got second place. And that made me stop and say, well, maybe there is something to this. And so I took the feedback I got from that contest. I worked on it. I submitted it on my own several places. And uh, the feedback I got when I was submitting it at first was cute story, fun rhythms, fun rhymes. But, you know, it's a Noah's Ark book, and we already have one of those. Mm -hmm. Um, my, when I, I hadn't got an agent at some point, she's the one who finally found an editor who loved it enough to take it on. By that point, it had probably been six years since I wrote the original form and it had changed as people gave me feedback. 
you know, it's only 150 words long now. I've probably been through five or 10,000 words total, you know, in and out of this story over the years to, to try to get it um, to be the, the story it needed to be. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And so how did you feel when that editor championed your story and wanted to run with it? And it was thrilling. It was really thrilling. It's part of, in, in, in publishing, you kind of have to separate your brain. There's the, oh my, I'm so excited part, the 12-year-old part who's jumping up and down. And then there's the practical part that has to say, okay, what's the next step? Because this editor wanted me to make some changes before she took it into the acquisitions meeting. I had to decide whether to make those changes. And of course I did, because at that point it was six years in and it's just words on a page. And when she, after, even after she acquired it, she still changed a couple of the lines, had me change a couple of the lines. She didn't change them. She made some suggestions, mm-hmm. most of which I took, um, and a couple of the lines ended up changing. She dropped some a stanza out. I can't even remember what that stanza was about now. So there's still going to be edits. You can't get too precious about your words on the page. They're just words on a page. They need to be shaped to tell the story without you interpreting it as a person. They have to stand alone on the page for the reader. So I tell new, try to tell new people gently all the time, don't be so attached to your words. They're just words. They're not people, they're not pets. They don't have feelings. Your heart may be in this phrase, but if it's not serving the story, and somebody thinks, an editor in particular, thinks it should be otherwise, Take listen to them. You don't always have to take their advice, but, but there might be something there. Can I ask how long that process of once the editor, you, you know, you've signed the contract, this is going to be published, and then the rounds of edits to when the manuscript, I guess, was ready to go to the illustrator? How long would that window of time be? Um, so I, I got the offer in late spring, signed the contract. The contract took a couple months to come, got that signed. She came back and forth to me with the edits really pretty quick within a couple of months. And then it went off to an illustrator. They, the, um, the edit, the publisher is Sonder Kids, which is a division of Harper Christian, which is a division of Harper Collins. And they, um, the, my editor on the project was Jillian Manning, who is no longer working um, in publishing. She was great. She sent me some art by the artists they had chosen for me to say yay or nay. And of course I loved it. And the artist I think had about a year to do the art because I remember seeing the first passes with some of the artwork. They, they did run, run the artwork by me, which was nice. Um, I had a couple of suggestions and one of which was taken and one of which was not. And the one that was taken ultimately, um, somehow got left on the cutting room floor. So it was fine. Those are not a big deal, but I think they gave her about a year. We went back and forth, you know, with art, just that tiny bit, um, for maybe just really quickly, like, you know, with a week or so. And I guess she made whatever changes the editors wanted and the art director wanted. And so that would have been fall and it came out the next July. 
Wow. So it's two years, basically two years from from contract to signed book to signing books. And was it getting like your uh, writers' copies in the mail? Like uh... they came, they came only like a week before the book launched. And of course, Ooh. it's it's so exciting to finally hold your book in your hands and you feel it and you how big it is and you know the weight of it and the texture of the paper it is very exciting signing my book signing I had a local bookstore worked with them to do a book launch and to sign books and to read it out loud some people had brought their children and it was fun it was really really a fun day and my my SCBWI friends showed up to support me and that was really terrific. Oh my goodness. So it's such a journey. I, I mean, I appreciate your honesty because sometimes when I, when I've talked to people who are interested, I, I, I kind of like, oh, you know, it does take some time, you know, because you got to get good at your craft and then you got to, you know, go through all that. So I really appreciate your honesty about how long it takes for all of this. Good. Thank you. You're welcome. And then do you have any tips for maybe new authors who are trying to get that story out? Um, some things that you've learned through your journey that might be helpful? I do. There is a book called, I think it's called Art and Fear mm -hmm. that was recommended by um, the author Dar Darcy Patterson that I've done several workshops with over the years. And it is more about the internal journey when you're a creator of art or literature or anything. And an example in there that they talk about was a, a, a test they did, a study of potters. And the people who were told their grade was going to be based on the quantity of pottery, and there's a group that was told their grade would be based on the quality of pottery. And at the end of the semester, I guess it was a semester, those who were graded on quantity also had much better quality. So I like to encourage new writers to write a lot of different stuff. I, you know, if I could go back, I would not have spent 10, 12 years on novels. I would have encouraged old you know if I could jump back or encourage you know 1998 Lisa to try all the different aspects of kid lit try picture books try poetry try writing for the educational market try nonfiction. try short stories try submitting to magazines and that's the other piece you not only have to write you have to submit mm. it's hard to know when things are ready and if you have a little bit of a perfectionist tendency, you tend to sit on things way too long before you send them in. But the truth is, like I found out, you know, with the publication process for two by two, it's still going to get changed. <laughs> no, no matter how perfect you think it is, it's still going to get changed. Well, I, that's, that's such great advice. And like, you know, you've been through this process, you've had your book out. Did you have any advice for those of us who we get to that point we get a book and it's there in the world um how uh, you know any marketing advice or things that um you you tried that was um helpful in getting the word out about your uh book so marketing in the children's 
literature world, as you probably know, is tricky because you're selling to gatekeepers, you're selling to parents, you're selling to librarians, you're selling to teachers, and but your your ultimate audience is the children. So how you market your book kind of depends on which age group you're writing for. You know, someone who's writing young adult is ultimately marketing to teens, and there's a whole social media, TikTok, all those things can be useful there. If you're writing for middle grade, element, which is, is, is the elementary school ages. I had um, someone recently think middle grade meant middle school, which it does not. Middle grade refers to basically first or second grade through about sixth grade. That group is heavily dependent on finding out a new, about new books from the libraries. So you need to find a way to work with libraries and schools. Picture books tend to skew younger unless they're nonfiction. Those are, those are harder to market for an author. If they're not in the bookstores, if they're only available online, it's a difficult thing to market if you don't already have a name in the industry. The, um, you know, social media is fun, but it doesn't move a lot of books. Mm. The, um, the having a presence on social media and marketing your books that way has to be give you joy or don't do it. Mm. That's what I keep reading from, from various authors at, at all levels of the kid lit world. So specifically having a board book, that's a subset of picture books. So two by two ended up not being in very many stores, but it was like, for instance, Barnes and Noble didn't carry it, mm. but it did end up um, in their online versions. So online Barnes and Noble, you could order it online, Walmart, you could order it online target. It just was not in the stores. So it, it didn't sell as well as I had hoped, mm. but a lot of my sales I think came about through um, word of mouth from friends and family. I have some real champions among my friends and family who dedicatedly buy copy after copy to give as gifts and tell people about it. That's been very exciting to see. I did some preschool visits where we had book sales and did, I did little story times with the preschools um, before COVID hit. Uh, all that kind of went away once COVID hit. So my sales have not been stellar on this. There, there's really not a lot I can do if it wasn't actually on bookstore shelves. Well, that's good to know. And do you have any advice, like say, so like um, you have your book, but I know you have, I'm sure, tons of other stories. Do you have any advice for how to move as a writer to the next one or, you know, to pick and choose? I do. I think in today's world, um, which is, was probably true all along, you know, I hate to be one of those in today's world back in my day, you know, but it was probably true all along. I, uh, I am currently querying to find a new agent and I need to have a body of work to show that agent. So I have spent all of this year writing picture books, polishing them, getting them critiqued, working on them so that when an agent says, hey, I like this writing, do you have anything else? I say, yeah, I've got these other stories and can send him or her whatever um, types of stories they wanna see. 
So I'm also working on with my body of, of manuscripts, the full range. I have some rhyming. I have some non-rhyming. I have some that are extremely light and fluffy, and I have some that are only mildly light and fluffy because I write light and fluffy. Um, I don't have any really serious ones. So I think that would that that's the advice is make sure you have a body of work ready to go and not just one book, probably not just two, maybe not even three, but maybe more than that. A way to get started with this, of course, is um, join SCBWI. Go through the website, scbwi.org, find your local region. Ours is Southern Breeze here for Georgia, Alabama, and the Florida Panhandle. Attend all the online freebies that are offered, workshops, classes, discussion groups. Download the different publications that SCBWI has and kind of browse through them about the business, about the creative aspect. I think SCBWI has a podcast. There's, there's some old archival digital workshops on there. Um, go to local in-person things when they're available. And all of that is about having the tools in place. So when you have an idea for a new book, you've got those tools in place and they're not gonna, that's not gonna hold you back. You can write your idea. The um, one fun thing coming into January, there is an author named Tara Lazar, um, T-A-R-A-L-A-Z-A-R, who does something called Story Storm. S-T-O-R-Y-S-T-O-R-M. And you can find her on Twitter or you can just Google it. And you can sign up to get her blog post delivered to your inbox. And each day in January, she has a different author with a, a um, starter idea or exercise or picture book ideas. And the idea is that you in January, you will then come up with one new picture book idea every single day. You don't have to write them in January. Oh, okay. You just come up with the idea and then you can take your favorite of those ideas and write them as the year goes on. I did that last year and that that's where my, most of my new books have come from. Oh, wow. That's such great advice. I mean, this is all like gold, Lisa, everything you've been sharing this is excellent. Um, <laughs> that's kind of you. Oh no, it really is. Uh, listeners are getting a, Wow, a lot out of this. So those who are interested in children's book writing, um, and I was wondering if you, why? Oh, yeah, because you spend so much time, you know, writing, but you also make time to volunteer. So what um, inspired you to volunteer for um, the SEWI? Um, part of that is just my nature. I like to be helpful to people, but when you start volunteering um, with SEWI. You start to get to, to meet the editors and agents. You know, maybe you're driving them from the airport to the conference, or maybe you're helping, um, assisting them, you know, in their breakout session at a conference, or maybe you're just chatting with them in the discussion after an online presentation. You get to know that they're just people too. They're not these big, scary entities. They're not, you know, some gods on a mountain. They're just people too. And that helps helps then when the rejection letters come, um, which we all get, 
helps you to know it's it's not really you. It's not your writing. It just is that it's not right for them right now, just like they said. You don't don't take it personally. Again, that's part of disassociating your heart from what's on the page um, a little bit. The thing that keeps me writing for children, I could have quit. I've been I started writing for children in 1995, and it took me until 2018 to get a book in print. And, you know, in between, I had a couple of magazine pieces picked up, really short things. Um, there was one magazine that um, is no longer there. It was a non-paying market. They liked my work, and that was encouraging. But what keeps me going all those years are the friendships. You know, the old cliche, it's it's not the, the journey's end, it's the people you meet along the way. And that is so true that in volunteering with SCBWI has been how I've made some of my lifelong friends. The best people are kidlit people. I agree. <laughs> They're so nice. I, that's, I think, part of the reason why I've gravitated towards this market, because um, they, everybody's so friendly and very encouraging. And I think because it seems like it's it takes a long time. So, you know, might as well have some company <laughs> to keep it exactly. going. <laughs> so, but if, if my next question is about, so, and you kind of touched about it a little bit earlier in our talk. Um, was there anything else you would give yourself advice if you could travel back to that younger Lisa and say, you know, this might help you along your, your uh, writing journey? Um, what would that be? Um, I think you, the people who do the best who break in, you know, in, in all my years, I've I've gotten to meet people at the beginning of their journey and seeing some of them progress what seems really fast and really beautifully and wonderfully. Um, and others who stall out. And part of the difference is how much time and priority they put into their writing. If it's a hobby and you're just going to write when the mood strikes you or you don't touch it for weeks at a time you're probably not going to break in, you know, and, and if you do, it's going to be hard to maintain a real career at that level. You also don't have to spend 12 hours a day at it. You know, you, it's a lot of writers are also freelancers. And so I know they're juggling different projects, but I think having a dedicated time that you devote to writing is really important. And I'm still terrible at this. I've always been terrible at this. You know, back when I had kids at home and the PTA needed cookies, I'd go bake those cookies and my writing would get shoved to the side. I'm still not good at that. But now and again, I give it a, I give it a shot. I try to be good at that. Yeah. Last January with StoryStorm, I put an out-of-office responder on my email mm -hmm. that said I was not going to be available during the mornings in the month because I didn't even say why just said I wasn't going to be on my computer in the mornings and it, that they could expect me to see their emails in the afternoon. And I did this for the region, for my regional volunteer work as well. And what that did then, even if I didn't write every single morning, it told my brain that that was writing time. And I did get a lot more done in January than I did, you know, in the months where I haven't had that autoresponder on. So I would encourage people to, to, Put your, put your career first at least a little bit when you can, not necessarily every day, you know, because I know I would not go back and change my life 
to the extent that I did not do getting complicated sentences here. When my kids were growing up, I had the luxury of being a stay-at-home mom or working only part-time or substitute teaching or you know something now and then. I love those days. I would not change that for the world. I What I would change is I would have hired a house cleaner much earlier. I would have found that <laughs> in the budget. Because <laughs> even, even if you're you know, even if your partner is um, helpful with things around the house, somehow, you know, just having that mental clutter is part of the problem. Yeah, I would, I would identify, I, if I could go back, I would identify the things that did not bring me joy and did not contribute to, contribute to the happiness and security and health of my family. And I would try to eliminate those things. Oh, that's wonderful advice. Thank you, Lisa. And my last question, oh, well, second to last question, um, where can we find out more about you and um, Two by Two? Well, the easiest place is my website. It's my name, Lisa Lowe Stauffer, L-I-S-A-L-O-W-E-S-T-A-U-F-F-E-R.com. And I've got um, links to Two by Two, to buy Two by Two in various places on that website. It's, um, yeah, that's going to be my January project in addition to StoryStorm this year is revamping that website. Well, I'm also, I'm also on Twitter and I am oh, yeah. Lisa L. Stauffer and I've just set up an account on Post and the wow. same handle, Lisa L. Stauffer. Um, I'm on Facebook, but I don't do a lot there. Okay. Twitter has been my go-to place and um, like so many in the children's literature world, I'm just kind of hovering to see what happens with that as the months go on. Well, um, I, there's a wonderful content on your website. Your your blogging and advice is great. I will put a link in the show notes for your Twitter and for your website for anybody who wants to check it out. Um, my last question, because I just recently started doing this and I got this um, from another uh, podcast because I just really liked it when I listened to theirs. They, they talk about at the end of it um, what they're grateful for. And it's the book friends uh, forever. Um, but yeah, do you have anything that you would like to share that you are grateful for during your creative oh, career? I am grateful for all of the friends, all of the people that, um, you know, when you, when you critique a book, you kind of take a, a bit from each person that critiques it. You know, I look at two by two and those words are not all mine. I mean, Stephanie gave me these words and Tony gave me that word and Gail gave me that word. You know, these are some longtime critique partners. You know, my my daughter's a very gifted writer and, you know, she gives me words. She gives me ideas. My son gives me ideas. So in some ways, these books, the, the works on the page become the embodiment of all the people I know and love who have had those words go through their brains and process them and help me make them better. So I'm very grateful for all of these friends who have, who, who take the words I start out with and make them so much better. Wow. That's a totally different way of thinking about writing. Thank you for sharing that. That is just, wow. What a, when you think about it, it's just a, a lovely legacy 
of the people you've you've met and who've helped you. So th that thank you for sharing that. Welcome. Well, but um, thank you, Lisa, for your time, and thank you everybody for listening. I learned a lot in this um, time with you, um, everybody. Thank you for listening to my creative life. Bye. <laughs>